Welcome to the Bruins Brothers Podcast, Season 3, Episode 5, The Rep Show, with Maddie and Smitty, brought to you on the Inside the Ring Podcast Network. InsideTheRing.com is your one-stop shop for all your NHL and ECHL news, insight, and analysis. Follow on X, Twitter, whatever you want to call it, at Inside <laughs> underscore the underscore rink. Download the Inside the Rink app. Watch us on YouTube. Go ahead, and if you are now, go ahead and hit subscribe. And hit a like on the video there. We'd appreciate it. Smitty can tell you how to watch Bruins hockey on ESPN+. Plus. Yeah, you can sign up for ESPN+, Plus by going to the Inside the Rink website. Go to InsideTheRink.com slash ESPN and sign up today. I have ESPN+, Plus and I love all the Major League Baseball, soccer, college sports, UFC, and now college hockey and NHL hockey. You can watch the Bruins right on there. So sign up at for ESPN Plus at InsideTheRink.com slash ESPN today so you don't miss any of that Bruins action. Sign up at InsideTheRink.com slash ESPN. Next season, you might be able to watch Cooper Flag and UConn on the ESPN Plus. What do you think? Oh, I mean, Jesus. I am. There's some rumors I am, going on. Some, yeah, there's, some rumors. there's rumor milling and all kinds of uh, stuff going on. I still think he's going to Duke. In my heart of hearts, I still think he's going to go to Duke. Uh, he had his official visit today, uh, this week, this past weekend, sorry, uh, at, at Duke. So, um, you know, last impression kind of thing. He was there for the, you know, Cameron crazy madness or whatever the fuck they call it. So, uh, you know, he's, he's there. Uh, uh, but you know, my heart obviously says UConn, but my, my head still says that he's going to go to, go to Duke, but boy, what a wagon UConn would be. Oh, one can only hope. One can only hope. Oh, man. One can only hope. Yeah, I, you know, I coached against him three times. Pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good player. Yeah, he's a, he's a pretty yeah. good player. And he would, be, he would be their best recruit ever in the history of yep. uh, the University ever. of Connecticut. So yep. uh, that would be a big get for them. Uh, mm-hmm. But they also have their hands in a couple other guys, Patrick Ngangba. Uh, mm-hmm. who is also there at Duke uh, for the official visit. But he has a cousin who goes to UConn or is in, uh, committed to go to UConn. So okay. that's a possibility. And then A.J. DeBansa, who is out of Brockton, Massachusetts, uh, mm-hmm. also is on their radar, who's like the number one prospect in uh, the 25 class now. So yeah. they're, uh, they're recruiting really, really well and uh, yeah. got a lot, a lot of good things going on, obviously, coming off the national championship. Yeah, you championship. win some chips and, you know yeah. Yeah, you know, you, uh, you you get some people. Yep, you sure do. And uh, you know the Bruins have have a few people. They do, as we saw in the first couple of games. Yes. Yeah, weekend review time, and it's uh, October the fourteenth. It was against the Nashville Predators, a three to two win. Bruins start slow again, literally one million penalties yeah. uh, in this one. Uh, assistant scores first, and then it was JBR. James Van Riemsdyk ties it with a pinball goal on the power play by the goal line. And then David Parsonock scores on a beauty of a shot on the penalty shot. Oh, unbelievable. Um, Sissons on a, uh, ties it on a deflection. And then JBR on a great tip for the eventual game winner uh, on a Charlie McAvoy shot. And it was uh, Jeremy Swayman who had who was outstanding with 34 saves in this one. And, and the Bruins got it out like they probably will for much of the year. Low scoring. One goal game, have to tie it up, have to you know, you know, finish it off at the end of the game, and that's kind of what this was. Yeah, I it's I think this is going to be uh, what you see most of the year. Hopefully, it's not the you know thirty four shots against, um, but it's you know really good performance by your goaltender, 
keeping it low scoring. Your defense does well, outstanding on the penalty kill. Uh, and, and, you know, you get some timely scoring possible with the, with the penalty shot uh, on a, just an absolute snipe. He kind of pulled it back behind him and, and just roofed one, uh, you know, high glove. So uh, a really great shot. And, and uh, it, you know, they got out a win, uh, you know, and they haven't played a lot of games. So, I mean, that could play a part a little bit in the rustiness of getting up to game speed and that kind of thing. Uh, so we'll really see what happens here when they start to play more games on this West Coast trip coming up uh, starting on Thursday. <laughs> Yeah, with Brandon Carlo, we had just under eight minutes of penalty minutes, yeah. and pen, uh, penalty kill in the first two periods. Yeah, like it was, it was unbelievable, and it was like they were outstanding. I they mean, were, and Swayman was outstanding in that time too. I mean, he was probably their best penalty killer. Absolutely. Um, but uh, yeah, it was it was one of those games where the refs just sort of just. Just got in a rhythm of just calling penalty. <laughs> calling everything. everything. Just calling everything. 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 Like, you, yeah. you you know, you touched the guy in the corner the wrong way. You gave him a little reach oh. around, whatever it is. But, like, oh. they were they were blowing the whistle on everything. Everything's illegal. <laughs> everything's yeah. illegal. It's all about, illegal. all about the refs. Let's watch them on TV because nobody wants to watch the actual hockey game. No, that's not allowed. That's what they kept saying. <laughs> Not allowed at all. It's not allowed. Uh, Can't all do right, that. seven chirps time, and that's brought to you by Lobs Brewing. Lobster Brewing and Tasting Room in downtown Woodsocket, Rhode Island, specializing in small batch ales and lagers. Open seven days a week. Use the coupon code Sports get ten percent off your online order. Go to lobsbrewing.com and uh, uh, go on the uh, social medias and see them at Lobs Brewing. And uh, you know we have a little bit of a a little something something coming up at Lobs Brewing soon. So. That that announcement will be coming soon, so that'll be fun. Yeah. Chirp uh, number one are the starts that the Bruins are having right now, which are slow. Are they a concern? Two games, two bad starts. I think it is. I think you do have to kind of worry about it because it's not just two games and two bad starts. It's been kind of going throughout the whole preseason. They've started slow in all the games. Uh, so mm-hmm. it's kind of a habit already, and it's something I'd like to see them break sooner rather than later. Uh, you know, hopefully they get out on the road and they get a little more from, I mean, a lot of new faces. So maybe that's understandable. They played a lot of guys in camp. There wasn't a lot of continuity with the, with the lines and the, and the lineups. So, uh, you know, maybe that's all part of it, but they really need to get rid of this sooner rather than later. Do you think some of it might be, hey, you know, we shot our load last year in the regular season, took a lot of, you know, effort to win all those games and put a lot of stock into every single game. And then maybe, you know, just some of it being, hey, we need to pace ourselves a little bit more. And you mentioned a lot of new guys, and that's true, probably half a dozen different guys in the lineup. But maybe some of it is that, you know what, maybe we have to, you know, not uh, just go balls to the wall the whole season long. I think that certainly could play a part of it. Absolutely. I think they they could be kind of pacing themselves and like, you know, we kind of, you know, emptied the tank and then ran out of gas maybe in the in the first round and we were all spent chasing the record and, and all that stuff. So uh, pacing themselves is fine as long as they're winning games. So uh, as long as they're winning games, I'm fine. I'm fine with it. But uh, I would like to see the starts get a little better. I mean, it's you, you can't just be getting dominated by, uh, you know, the Blackhawks and the and the Predators early in games here. I mean, those are those are two teams. I mean, Nashville's maybe sniffing the playoffs, but Chicago won't. So, um, you know, you can't really have that and expect to win games. No, especially at home. I mean, right. I don't want to come out at home and just not not play well in the beginning. Um, and chirp number two does the third pair 
of Kevin Shattenkirk and Derek Forbort. Does that worry you at all? Yes, it does. <laughs> yes, it does. It worries me quite a bit. Uh, mm-hmm. I was pretty vocal about saying I didn't think Shat- uh, it didn't think Forbert should be on the team. So, uh, yeah, that worries me. I think that should be Lowry. Uh, and mm-hmm. I guess he struggled a little bit in, in the beginning down in Providence. But I still feel like uh, he could be he could be there. That could be his position. Uh, so I, I am worried about it. And uh, hopefully... You know, that will improve. Forbert was good on the penalty kill. I will give him that. Um, but it's still probably a guy who should be there, you know, seventh, eighth defenseman. In yeah, my, I mean, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, how much of you know, going down, probably being disappointed, and then probably trying to go down and do everything. Right. Probably trying to show that he should be back in Boston and, mm-hmm. and that thing. So that could be part of what his struggles are and, and – they even talked about it after the game, uh, the first game that he played with Providence. Like he just has to be better defensively, but probably trying to do too much and, um, you know, showing that he can play, you know, in the, you know, in Boston, it shouldn't be playing Providence and all that stuff. But what I, what I am concerned about is, um, I think Shattenkirk's been okay. He has been. It's just that, it's just that forward is just, I just feel like it's, you know, guys like him, it goes quickly. Like Adam McQueen had, had the same kind of thing. Like you're just a stay at home, banging bodies, blocking shots, penalty killing. After, I mean, there's only so much shelf life for those types of players. Like they don't offer much offensively. No. So once they start to wear down, they, they, they're really one-dimensional. So once they start to wear down, they can't play the defense that they have been playing. They can't skate as well as they used to and so forth. And I think that's what you're getting with foreboard. So I'm um, the the thing about it is is that I I don't see. I know he's making three million, and that's probably a big part of it why he's playing. <laughs> but I just don't see why he doesn't bring so much value that you have to that you have to you know keep Lowry down or even Zaboro or someone else mm-hmm. that could play. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. like he doesn't bring that much value. That you, I mean, what are you really losing? No, I mean, he, he, he's, he's not as, as physical in the defense. I mean, he'll still throw his body around a little bit, but he's not as physical in, in, in the defensive end as, as he used to be, as he could be. Uh, he's awful at the outlet pass, breaking pucks out of oh, the zone it's zone. It's not his game. It's not yeah. his game. So, I mean, he really, really, when you get right down to the nitty gritty, to the brass tacks, he does not fit their system. He does not fit how they no. want to play mm-hmm. hockey. Uh, no, you know, so I feel like there's better options, uh, whether it's Ian Mitchell or Lowry or Zaboral, I think there's better options there. So uh, yeah. I would go with one of those guys instead, um, all of them younger, all of them with more upside than a guy who's, you know, kind of holding on here. So, yeah. you know, I would, I would move on if, if, it, if it was possible. And if not, you either demote him or you have him scratched and he watches games in someone else's place. Uh, that would yeah. be that would be my uh, call if I was yeah. the coach. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would agree. I think that you know you'll probably go a little bit longer here and see. But after a while, I'd say hopefully after ten or fifteen games, they evaluate and say, okay, maybe we we maybe we play somebody else or or who knows. But uh, it is a scary it is a scary pairing. <laughs> like and of course, and, and these are two teams like you just mentioned, Chicago and Nashville, not super great. So when they play Toronto and yeah. Carolina and you know these yeah. teams, New that, Jersey, you know, yeah, 
New Jersey, like that's where the, the Rangers. Road. There's that's a lot of teams. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 That'll be scary. Um, all right, Sherp three. Jim Montgomery changes the lines at the beginning of the week in anticipation for Thursday's game in San Jose. Uh, your thoughts on the changes? I love it. I think that's mm. what the line should have been from day one. Uh, mm. Maybe not exactly. I would. I don't know if I, in my head, thought that Geeky would be part of the Potra right. um, Martian line, but that's fine. I'm, I'm for that because I think he bangs bodies. He can get to the front of the net, bang in rebounds, create a little space for the other two guys. So I like that. I like DeBrus going back to his natural left side to play with Zaka and Pasenak. I think that line can be dynamic. And then you have Coyle back where he should should be in the third line center spot with Frederick, who he has some chemistry with. And um, I'm forgetting who. Oh, JVR. So JVR, and yeah. he gives them a little offense and a little net front. So I, I really like uh, their top nine there. And then the fourth line's been good all through you know, camp and, and was pretty good in both of the first two games. Uh, you know, they, they kind of tailed off there, I guess a little bit, maybe in the second game, they weren't awful. Uh, they were sitting around a long time and I think that's probably part of it. Um, they didn't have a great game in that game, but, uh, you know, overall they've been good. So I, I really like the way the lines, uh, shape up now and, and hopefully it will create a little more offense for them. Yeah, and I think it's a, there's a sneaky little. First of all, I think I've told, I've said this about Patra. Like, I know that people liked him with Frederick, and they looked okay, and there was some production there, and Frederick scored a goal, and I get that. But over the course of time, like, you know, he's feeding Frederick on plays and it, hands of stone. Like, you know, it's just like, come on, like it's a, he he needs to play with. I mean, he's a top six center. He needs to play with top six people. Like yeah. he needs to play with guys who can cash in when he makes a really good play. Yep. So I like that part of it. The other thing is, and I've said my concerns a little bit about DeBrusque. Uh, this is a little bit of a, I think this is a little bit of a recognition by Montgomery that DeBrusque has to get going. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and there's no real, you know, playmaking type of center, which I thought might hurt him. And in the first couple of games, I mean, the second game he had four shots on net. He was much, he was better. He was, uh, but kind of quiet, you know, kind of quiet. And I, I'm a little concerned about him. I, I even, he's my bold prediction uh, going the other way. Yeah. And uh, you know, I think, I think you're right. Having him with Zaka and Pasenak, I think will could energize him some. I think it, it gives him a little bit of a look there, and I, I like that. And I'm, I think that's, I'm almost more excited about DeBrusque going back to left wing and playing with two really good players than the Potra thing. Like I'm almost, I'm almost most excited about the brusque because I'm really, I'm a little concerned about it. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I could see it. I mean, he wasn't great. It wasn't great through the preseason. Uh, certainly wasn't good in game one game two. I thought he showed some signs, um, mm. but I think him and Pasternak have a little something and, and Zaka and Pasta have a little something. And just to be on the ice with a guy who scores 60 goals, you're bound to pick up some points and, and things mm-hmm. just because you're out there with the guy. Like if you make a play to him, he's, he's probably going to put it in. I mean, sure. so, um, you know, that can only help Jake. And I, the other thing that I'm looking forward to seeing, and, and this may be part of their decision-making is Potra being on a line uh, with guys who are going to see, 
you know, the other team's best or second best D pair. Like you're going up against the best now. Can you still create plays? Can you still make space for yourself? Right. Can you still hold on to pucks? You know, all that kind of stuff. How is he going to do? How is he going to fare against going up against the other teams, either top mm-hmm. pair D or second pair D where before, you know, he was getting a better matchup for himself. So now mm-hmm. he's going to be facing the other team's best because they're going to want to shut down Marshand and, right. and so forth. So um, how does po- Poacher respond uh, when he's faced with maybe, you know, playing against a little bit tougher competition? Yeah, and I thought that the physicality in spots was getting to him a little bit last game. Like he was getting a little roughed up, and it was a couple of times he kind of was grimacing and, was one time he got up slowly, like, you know, the, that's something to keep an eye on. He's 170 pounds soaking wet. Like he's, he's not very big. Um, in the NHL, like you're going to have a little bit of a target. If you're the cute little shiny new toy, Yeah, you guys are going to, guys are going to come after you and, and so forth. So, um, that's the other thing about Parker, but I, I'm really excited, um, to see him play with Marshan. I thought they had a little bit of chemistry in preseason when they played a little bit Yeah, and it's going to help Marshan, I think. Sure. You know, who's another guy who, you know, he's, he's missing Bergeron. Like sure. it's different. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing Thursday's game and how this, how this shakes out. And I hope they give it a little bit of time. Like, I yeah, I think they, they will give it a little bit of time. Uh, all right. Uh, chirp four concerned at all about the power play. Mm, not really. I don't think, I mean, it's still early. Um, it's still early and, you know, trying to, have a new guy who's a different side shot in the bumper now kind of changes everything around. Now the passes to Zaka should be really be coming from Pasternak, and he hasn't really been known as a guy when the puck goes over there that he's going to feed it back to the middle. Usually it's a shot, or he's or he's creeping himself back to the middle to shoot, uh, or he's going like backdoor low post to either you know Marchand or you know I, I guess in this case it would be JVR. So. Um, mm. You know, it's a kind of a it's kind of a new thing. So I think you got to give it, you know, 10, 15 games before you really start to worry about it. And the second unit, I think, has been excellent. They've been getting uh, getting the puck in, moving the puck around, and, and with a shot first mentality, been been really playing pretty well. So right, um, I really think it's kind of just the first unit kind of getting more familiar with right. each other. Where do they like pucks? You know, that kind of thing. Um, and, and figuring out the passing and so forth and not trying to do too much, not trying to force the puck to guys. Uh, so I think, you know, give them 10, 15 games before you really start to worry about it. Yeah. I mean, I not, nothing ebbs and flows more than a Bruins oh, yeah. play over yeah. the years. I mean, my goodness, they can go stone dry and then be really great. So uh, I think JVR helps. I mean, obviously he did last game, but he definitely helps have a net front presence and uh, he should be able to really cash in because he's playing with some pretty good players there. Pasternak, I mean, so much attention. Like uh, I think JVR is going to reap the benefits of that for sure. Um, All right. Trip number five, Elon Musk is going to charge us $1 a year to give you the Bruins updates. Uh, all the more reason to buy some Bender's merch. <laughs> they, is he oh. charges a dollar a year or a dollar a month? I thought it was a dollar a year. I saw. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, because a dollar a year, I suppose I could afford. Trying to get rid of the bots, evidently, maybe. I don't I think, think that's, that's what it is. Reasoning. I think I think he's trying to make money off it. There, it has well, like he, however well, many million. How many? Yeah, you think how many Twitter? Yeah, I mean, there's 170 million users. I don't yeah, know how many there. Seventy million bucks a year. Yeah. Yeah. So. 
Yeah, he's trying to make a little. He's trying to make a little coin. It's not about the plot. Mm. He's trying to make a little money off of it, um, yeah. which he should be because he bought it for a shit ton and then fucked yeah. it all up. And then, yeah, so really um, fucked it up. Yeah, so we'll we'll see um, what happens with all of that. You know, I, I like Twitter. It's my the app that I probably use the most. So, um, you know, we'll see what happens if we have to give you the game updates somewhere else, Facebook or right. threads or, you know, right. I don't know, YouTube, YouTube live. live. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, who knows? Uh, yeah. but we'll get, we'll get it done. We'll get them out there. We'll get the, we'll get the information to the masses. So, uh, you all can follow along with the Bruins, but, uh, yeah, this son of a bitch yeah. charging me, <laughs> charging me a dollar for right. to, yeah, uh, like you said, it's the thing it's the, it's really the app I use the most. Yeah, it, it is 100%. So logically you would think, well, you, you should, you should be all right with spending even five bucks a month doing it, you know, cause if it's the one thing you use all the time, yeah. sure. But it's the principle of the thing. It is. Like it's, nobody it's else is charging me. To, nobody else no. in any of these things is Zuckerberg's no. not charging me for, no. for Facebook and Instagram and charging me 20 years ago. Yeah. If you wanted to. Right. Yeah. He's not charging me for Facebook and threads and Instagram. So, no. uh, no. you know, maybe, I, maybe I gotta, you know, pledge my allegiance to Zuckerberg, you know, watch the social yeah. network again. Just get something. on the Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. On the Facebook. Maybe we just go on like Pinterest or something. <laughs> you know. We'll go on Etsy yeah. and, and give Etsy. updates and sell and sell everyone's right. merch. Selling selling arts and, arts and crafts. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Does anybody need a shawl? Six. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Trip six, all centennial team thoughts uh as the twenty players were selected. Couple of couple of uh couple of surprising ones and it was really the goaltenders for me like i like i i get it but i don't get it and uh the goaltenders for me should have been tim thomas or tuka rask without much of a problem and it's jerry shavers and frank brimsick yeah um and i'm um i'm out <laughs> i'm out on that like yeah, I I, I'm I'm with you i think i think it should have been i could see i can see Cheevers getting in because of the cops and uh, to me, the other, you know, the other one should have been either Tuca or Thomas. Uh, and I would have said Tuca because I think he's had a better overall career, even Thomas, even though Thomas gave him the cup in 11. So uh, to me, it, you know, it's it's of the three. I mean, uh, it should have been, you know, Tuca, Thomas, Cheevers are where the three goalies that I would have picked. Right. Uh, and and of the two, I would have same with you. I would have probably gone uh, Rask and, and Thomas. Yeah, I mean, you know, they they both won two cups, and I, if that's really all we're coming down to, I, I think that that's really unfair. I, I do. I mean, it's a team friggin' sport. Yeah, you know, and and I and I just so Thomas gets hot for three weeks and wins a cup, like so that makes him better than Rask. Like I, yeah, I just come on. I, I just I don't know. I just I don't. I think that's unfair. Um, the the rest of the groups. I mean, it's pretty pretty slam dunk really. I mean, Terry O'Reilly, I think is, is a guy who, if it wasn't the Bruins, he wouldn't be as beloved. <laughs> like yeah. he's, he was, I mean, he's fine. He's good. Really good. You know, and tough, tough as nails. Didn't he you score know, like 300 happened. goals though or something? He scored 204. Okay. You know, he had 606 points in 891 games. Yeah, um, I mean, that's pretty captain good. For three years. Yeah. I mean, but he was tough and he's, yeah, you know, typical Bruins, like sure. that's where they put their love and passion into. Yeah. You know I mean, typical, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. I mean, for Christ's sake, David Krejci had 
pretty similar career points wise, you know, and, and a guy like O'Reilly is like beloved and lauded and mm-hmm. I get it, I guess. Um, and then there's Rick Middleton, of course, Marchand and Parsonark made it. Uh, and then Bill Cowley uh, made it 508 games, 537 points, had two Stanley Cups. Um, and then, uh, you know, Busick, Bergeron. So, so three, three very recent players and then Shara, four very recent players yeah. on the list. So uh, that speaks to their, how good they've been the last few years there. Um, it right. does. And then, yeah, it does. I mean, it does because, you know, if, if, yeah, I mean, you could, I mean, Brad Park was in it yeah. uh, and he was, you know, he was great. And then there were other people who said, okay, what about like Jean Rattel who mm-hmm. really had his best shows with the Rangers. Right. He was, wasn't as good with the Bruins, but he was obviously a hall of fame player, but we got him a little bit late mm-hmm. in Boston. Um, and there's some, you know, there's some other players, I guess you could, Adam Oates, you know, sure. talked about longevity. Uh, because he was only five seasons, I think it was, but mm-hmm. in those five seasons, he was terrific. Yeah, sure um, was. So there's, yeah, so there's, there's some decisions there to be made, but I was really kind of disappointed in the goaltenders because Jerry Chivas, you know, his goals against was like 2.9. Yeah. Like his stats aren't fantastic. No, they're not. You know, he was on a wagon of team. He certainly was. You know? But, uh, so I don't know. Uh, all right. Uh, chirp. Seven, and this is a list of an updated uh, 2024 free agents. And Steven Stamkos is pretty much at the top of the list now with Elias Lindholm, William Nylander, Jake Gensel. Here's a couple of guys who I wouldn't mind with the Bruins, and maybe they should target uh, for me. And that would be Chandler Stevenson. Absolutely. And Jonathan Marshall, so the two Golden Knights. I agree, one hundred percent. I like those. I like those two guys. I think I they. Do. I think they play with a lot of grit. Marcheseau yeah. obviously shows up when it counts. Being uh, Con Smythe last year, so mm. uh, I I love those both of those guys. So mm. I would welcome either one of those guys to the Bruins with open arms. I like Lindholm a lot too. I think he's a good two hundred foot center. And and if it was me, I'm taking Nylander over Stamkos just because of the age factor. Nylander's right. 25, Stamkos is 35, call 35, it. Right. So yeah. uh, to me, you know, that's where I'm going. Uh, mm-hmm. if, 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 if I had the money, I'm going probably Stevenson Lindholm because I, I need to get a center or two right. even to sh- kind of shore that up. Uh, right. And then, you know, March or so or, or Nylander. I mean, obviously you're not going to have enough yeah. money to spend on all of them. You probably get uh, maybe one of those guys not, not two or three, so right, yeah. Um, but I'm with you. Was a little, defense was a little thin. Hannafin, uh, Montour, uh, and then you go to Forsling and Pesci and Brody, Tanev. Alec Martinez would be an interesting guy. I mean, he's been a winner, yeah, he in has his, in his career, mm-hmm. uh, probably underrated. Uh, but again, another guy who's upper 30s, um. You know, mid to upper 30s. Ekman Larson is a guy who's been talked about with the Bruins, seems like forever. Uh, and then Goss Despair and Doomba. So, um, so I don't know. I, I think you're pretty much set defenseman wise, though, as far as the upper, upper echelon of defensemen. So I would put my stock in a center, obviously. Yeah. And then probably a, probably a winger wouldn't be the worst thing. Tyler Toffoli is in there, Tarasenko. Sure. Um, Matthew Shane's an interesting one. Mm-hmm. 
Um, he's up so there some, in age a little bit know, too. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a, yeah. it's still a pretty good class overall. There's some, there's some names there and some talent there. Obviously, uh, I wouldn't mind, you know, a guy like Pesci too, shoring up the, shoring up the right D. Maybe he takes, um, you know, the third, the third pair spot, or takes the second pair away from Carlo, and Carlo plays third pair and and mm. and penalty kill, uh, and you right. kind of use Latum, utilize him that way as kind of a shutdown mm. guy, uh, mm. and Pesci's more of an offensive two way defenseman, uh, so that might be a guy that I look at there because you you know you would think uh, Lowry is coming up on the left side, so you have you know Lowry Lindholm, uh, you know, so you so you kind of. Uh, in a pretty good spot there too. So, you know, there's yeah. a lot of good, lot of good names out there that you could yeah. uh, that you could take a look at. Yeah, be interesting to see what kind of extensions are, are handed out. Stamkos and Lightning are having a tough time right now, mm-hmm. um, and the Bruins have been sort of rumored as a connection there. I just don't think Tampa Bay would set, ship them to Boston. There's no way. I, yeah, I mean, there's, there's no, no way. way. There's no way they trade within no the way. division. No. Uh, no. Um, I will take a look though at at Pittsburgh. I, I I don't have a great feeling about their team. I talked about this last week. I think I I just don't have a great feeling about their team. And you know, I don't think they're playing all that well. I don't think they're all that great. And Jake Gensel's out there. You know, this and whoever else that they may be shipping out if if things don't go well there. So, um, and then, you know, there's some there's some other guys there. But you know, I just hope that guys don't get signed. And then the, the the list gets thin pretty quick. Yeah. Um, DraftKings Sportsbook, Boston's hometown sportsbook, is live right here in Massachusetts. Bet local on all your favorite sports from the comfort of your own home with DraftKings. To celebrate, all new customers will receive up to $200 in bonus bets when you sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook using code ITR. You can now bet local on money line spreads, props, and more with one of America's top-rated sportsbooks, DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and sign up with the code ITR to get up to $200 in bonus bets to use now that mobile sports betting is live in Massachusetts. That's code ITR only at DraftKings Sportsbook. If you or a loved one is experiencing problems with gambling, call 800-327-5050 or visit helplinema.org to speak to the trained specialist free and confidentially 24-7. 21 plus, physically present in mass, eligibility restrictions apply. Subject to regulatory licensing requirements, eligibility and deposit restrictions apply, opt-in required. Bonus issued as free bets terms at DraftKings.com slash MA. All right, time for beauties and benders. And uh, the three beauties from the past week here. Uh, Beauty number three, the Bruins penalty kill. Going to love you, eh? They're going to be loving you from dawn until dusk. Predators are 0 for 7 on the power play, including a four-minute double minor. Brandon Carlo, Charlie Coyle, Jake DeBrusque were especially good, but the whole unit really deserves a ton of credit. It was penalty after penalty. Oh, my God. It was, you know, it was just guys who, and, and the worst part about it is your top guys like Pasternak and so have to sit. Yeah. You know, he seems like forever. Because they potra and you know guys who just sit there forever mm-hmm. and wait for the penalty penalties to get killed and the Bruins did a really really good job on the on the penalty kill like a fantastic job. Yeah, I mean that's but, the reason they won the game is because their penalty yeah. kill was so good and and uh, you know because they got one on the power play uh, with uh, JVR so uh, you know they score and and hold the predators off and that's the difference in the game so uh the penalty kill really deserves a ton of credit for the bruins picking up the w on that one 
Yeah, no question. And then uh, beauty number two, James Van Riemsdyk with his two goals. going to love you, eh? They're going to be loving you from dawn until dusk. He has as many power play goals this season already as he had in 61 games with Philadelphia <laughs> last year. Um, and, That's a pretty uh, good he stat. He was down on the goal line. Uh, he was down and, and made that little bank shot, and then he's he's willing to get in front of the net. Great tip of the McAvoy shot. Yeah. Like, that's how he scores. That's what he's made a living on. That's why he has over 300 goals in his career. I mean, that's what he does. Yeah, I mean, I, I think he's going to get 20 this year just from being on the power play mm-hmm. alone. Maybe not 20 on the power play, but, um, you know, a lot of rebounds and stuff. Like you said earlier, people are going to be paying attention to Marshand and, and Pasta, not JVR. So he's going to have a lot more room maybe down low. Uh, his Philly team last year, not a lot of talent around him on that power play. So uh, you could pay a little more attention to him. And now that's not really the case. You got a guy on the other side that had over 60 goals. So, um, you know, he might have a little more room down there to uh, to tip some shots and, and find some rebounds. So uh, good for him and, and good for the Bruins. Now, we didn't talk about the other line of, of JVR with Coyle and Frederick that's coming along. Um, that's a, that's an interesting line. And, and, and I think it'd be nice to see JVR and Coyle uh, contribute something five on five, mm-hmm. and I hope that uh, I hope they can take advantage of that. It's an intriguing line for sure because JBR will get to the greasy areas and Coil's possession game, and you know maybe they can uh, maybe they can get something going there. Uh, and then uh, beauty number one, Jeremy Swayman. Gonna love you, eh? They're gonna be loving you from dawn until dusk. Thirty-four saves in the victory, and the Bruins' strength again is the goaltending. Oh, 100%. I mean, he was fantastic in uh, in this game and, and really, um, you know, like you said earlier, the best penalty killer. Um, so many big saves. Uh, he was calm. He was poised. He did everything, uh, everything right in this one. And, uh, you know, big reason the Bruins won for sure. Yeah, no question. I mean, he it, it really brings up an interesting situation because Brandon Bussey, his first game at 40, 40 saves and – uh, and has shown in the preseason that he may be ready to be an NHL goal, at least a backup. And then you have the two, the two goalies now, one making five million, one about to make probably five million at least a year. So uh, interesting coming down. And then of course the rumors about Edmonton needing a goaltender, <laughs> inquiring about Allmark, like who it's it's uh, it's going to be one of those things. Something Sweeney doesn't usually do. When when they're when they're headed for a playoff berth is to really shake it up like that. Yeah. But uh, boy, it's it must be tempting to really strike while the iron's hot and get something for for Almark, put yourself in a good position, and then just have Swayman and Bussy. Yeah, uh, yeah I mean, it, it is it is going to be tempting if they're winning. Though I can't see any way that he does it. I I really no, I really I really no, don't. He's, he's no. I I, I feel like if he's uh, you know if the Bruins happen to fall out of it by Thanksgiving and and we certainly hope they don't, but if they do, then you'll you'll definitely see the trade market for Allmark kind of heat up. Sure. Yeah. For sure. Absolutely. All right. So now we're going to focus on the Benders. And uh, the number three bender was the Bruins' third pair. Ah, the bender. Uh, Shattenkirk uh, and Forward were a combined minus three. Uh, neither was particularly bad, uh, but we need them to be better than that uh, going forward, or else, uh, as I have said already, I'd like to see maybe some changes made there. 
Yeah, I mean that's that's uh, that's not good. Uh, and uh, again, when they play the really good competition with the really good forward lines, like I'm, I'm really interested to see how that plays out because uh, against some lesser teams here, uh, they struggle against Nashville. So uh, I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, but, it's uh, it's it's not uh, not strong. Uh, and, and speaking of not strong, even though they're physically strong themselves, uh, the fourth line was not strong in this game. Uh, they were combined minus five, uh, but they weren't on the ice all that much, which makes it kind of even a little bit worse. How are you minus five? I mean, Lauko skated only 625, Luko, uh, Lucic, uh, 947. So, uh, they were both minus two. Beecher was minus one. So, uh, not, not a lot of time and we're on ice for, you know, a few goals against each, uh, in that, in that time. So that's not great. We'd like to see them be a little bit better. Hopefully that's just because they were sitting a lot and you know, the, the penalty kill was playing and you, you know, sit around, maybe you'll get a little rusty, maybe you lose a little focus, whatever it is. Uh, but we need them to be better going forward. Can you imagine Lauko sat 53 and a half minutes on the bench? Like just sat there. Sat wow. There. I mean, that's yeah. quite a bit. That's quite a bit. I mean, that's, <laughs> I mean, I know the penalty kill and the power play and he's not really that type of guy. So that's part of it. But man, to play only 625. Yeah. Uh, and Lauko needs to look, <laughs> Lauko needs to show some consistency or, or it's getting late. It's get it get what does Yogi Berra say? It gets late early around here. Like Does. It's, it's getting late for him. Like it's again, Lauko Steen. Are they gonna be the Stednickers? Are they gonna be with all those other dudes that never Well out? I mean, I'll tell you sakes. I'll tell you what, for, for for some fucking reason, Danton Heinen's still still, you know, yeah. hanging around it at at uh, yeah. at uh Mike's pastry. In the North Bends, you know, having yeah. some cannolis, hanging around. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He, he could play the fourth line and not go minus two, you know, in six minutes. And, he, you know, he scored over 20 goals in the league before. So there's a guy hanging around that would certainly be willing to take Lauko's job if he's not going to play better. So there's a little internal pressure there, hopefully, that will help him maybe turn this around a little bit. Yeah, the only thing going for him is that he did sign a two-year deal. I don't know yeah. how, but he did. <laughs> so, uh, so that's going for him. Yes, but he could be Chris Wagner and sit down yeah. the whole the last year and a half of that baby. <laughs> yeah, you got to get going. Uh, okay, and the and the final bender is the referees. Ah, bender. An absolute ref show. It's not about you, fuckbags. It's not about you. Twelve minor penalties called during the game. The entire first two per- periods were just a penalty fest uh, and, it, and just absolutely ridiculous. Uh, every little ticky-tack thing was called. Uh, then as the game got, went on in the third period, they stopped calling shit. Like there was, yeah. you know, there was a few plays stick between guys' feet. They fall down, yeah. uh, nothing. So mm-hmm. uh, really inconsistent, awful night from the referees in this one. Uh, but the Bruins prevailed. And, uh, you know, that was good to see. It was almost that old school match them up thing and yeah, oh yeah. not calling anything at the end of the game. Like that's what 1980s, like Montreal sure. forum game. It was just like yeah. insane. Uh, but you're right. Just stay the hell out of it. Like just stay the hell out of it. 
Um, all right, it's time for Centennial Spotlight Bruins Historic 100. Don Ari, the fabulous Don Ari, he had 500. <laughs> And 40, 43 games with the Bruins, 108 points as a defenseman. Uh, he was a plus 105. He won two cups with them. Uh, and was an unsung hero on the 70 and 72 Stanley Cup champions. Don Ari played played 16 years in the league, almost 1,000 games. Yeah, I mean, he, yeah, a tough, rugged guy. Uh, yeah. You know, won a couple cups. So, yeah. uh all props to the good old stay-at-home defense to type. the stay-at-home defenseman type. Donna, that yeah. was that was a thing back in the day. Not really sure. a thing much anymore. There's no fewer and fewer of those guys in the league as as we as we move forward. But yeah, uh, sure. yeah good for him. I never saw the man play, so I can't really no. comment on any of that. A uh, little bit, little bit before my time. Mm. Uh, but uh, yeah, congratulations to to Don Ari and and yeah. all the people who made it on the all centennial yeah. team. Yeah. So that this was, uh, Don was, uh, is 80 years old and still, still kicking. Good for him. Um, all right. Prospect spotlight. Yes. And prospects, the 2023 draft early, early returns are that it's, it's not too shabby, even though it started at pick 92 with Chris Pelosi. Yeah. Nick Chris is uh, in seven games. This has four goals, three assists and is a plus eight playing with fellow Bruins prospect Beckett Hendrickson on the line there. Very nice. Yeah, with the Sioux Falls Stampede. So Chris is, they're both big boys as, as the Bruins have gone bigger and heavier. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's like 6'2", and um, and he's been sensational in the first few games here for for Sioux Falls, the Stampede. So Love to see he it. plays with Hendrickson, and Hendrickson was a fourth rounder, and Pelosi was the third rounder. Of course, the Bruins didn't have first and second round picks. Uh, in 2023 because of the Bertuzzi and Lindholm uh, trades, I believe. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, it was Orlov. It was Orlov was in there. Sure. Um, Orlov, Hathaway. All right, mm-hmm. then the week ahead, San Jose on Thursday, the uh, October the 19th at the Kings, October the 21st, then a back-to-back where they'll have at Anaheim on the 22nd, and then a return match against the Chicago Blackhawks on October the 24th. So four games uh, leading up to our next episode. So plenty to talk about there. The Bruins will be on the road with new lines. And, um, you know, hopefully a San Jose team who's not great, no. you know, picked to be one of the bottom feeders. I think they're 0-2-1 now. Um, the Kings are, you know, pretty good. A lot of prognosticators have them up there in the Pacific Division, but they off to a slow start. And then, of course, you have Anaheim and Chicago who are amongst, you know, kind of the bottom feeders as well. So it's an interesting trip. First trip away from home, some bonding, as Monty said. You know, the guys can go out to dinner, hang out together, get to know each other, which is good for a team with new guys. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, good for a guy like Patra, too, that, you know, gets on a West Coast trip away from Boston media, like just away from stuff, mm-hmm. which is good. So, you know, hopefully they come out with a better start against San Jose and and hopefully they get three or four wins here and, and keep the uh keep the line moving and, and pile up the points that they'll need later on. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. And it's a West Coast swing, so some late night starts there. So we'll right, be yeah. on uh, be on Twitter giving the game updates. Little bend, benders after dark, being a little crazy, get a little <laughs> get a little wacky, get a little yeah. Get a, loose. get a little yeah. loose with our vocabulary. So, uh, yeah, it'll be, it'll be, uh, it'll be a good time. So, so join us on, on Twitter X at Bruins Benders and, uh, and follow along for all the game updates from, uh, from the West coast. And we'll have some fun, uh, and hopefully watch the Bruins win some games. Absolutely. And get on the insiderink.com and get some Bruins Benders merch, including a Potsy 51 t-shirt. That's a beaut. Absolutely. Uh, order that uh, shirts and hoodies, and it's almost Christmas time. So a couple couple months away from Christmas. So time to get your favorite Bruins fans some some paraphernalia of the Benders variety. Sure. Um, and as may say, go ahead and take a look at Twitter X and uh, our account, and we'll do the game updates. And on YouTube page, subscribe please, and and give us a like on the videos, and there'll be more content to come. Uh, until then, Bruins have four games coming up this week, and uh, we'll be recapping them next week. Thanks a lot for listening, and go Bruins. Thanks a lot. Mm, bye-bye. Bye-bye.